Well, today is Mother's Day, as we have said, and so may I just acknowledge that um, and be very candid and open with you that sometimes as a pastor, I have a hard time with these because there's always so many passages you go to, right? And uh, in fact, uh, the conversation was had in our, in our house this week when I shared, well, we're going to be in Proverbs 31. It was, oh, that again, you know, or no, it was, it was oh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the classic Mother's Day, you know, everybody goes there. I, I was going to say something like, well, honey, your favorite pastor has never preached on this passage, but I was afraid she'd say, yes, he has, because I haven't preached on that. It might be somebody else, so... We are going to be in Proverbs 31 today, looking at the excellent woman, seeing what, uh, what God has put forth here in his word, and we look forward to a, a wonderful time learning from him today. Let's open with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this time that we have set aside, even just in a few minutes here, to look at your word, to study it, to see what it has to say to us today. Lord, we ask that your word would encourage our hearts today. That, that those who are here, who are, are struggling with things, that, that they're just wrestling with some things today, even I know there might be some moms here struggling with heartbreak and heartache today on, on Mother's Day, that you would use your word to encourage them, to strengthen them, to build them up today. But there are, there are those of us here who are wrestling with some things. We've just really been struggling with some temptation or sin in our lives. Would you use your word today to correct us, to point us in the way that you would have us to go, to live in a way that would honor and glorify you. And Lord, there may be some who sit here today who have never, never come to a saving knowledge of you, who do not have a relationship with you at all. They maybe even struggle to, that, that, is it even possible that someone could, could 100% know that they have a relationship with God and see their life affected by it? Lord, would you today use your word in their hearts? And would you... Help us to walk out of this place different than when we came in because we have heard your truth proclaimed and you have done something with it and drawn us to yourself. In your name we pray, amen. It's, you know, common in all of our lives that we enjoy a picturesque scene. You know, and I think about Mother's Day and I think about the home and I think about the classic American, you know, dream and and the, 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 the house you know, with the toys in the yard and the white picket fence and the two and a half kids running through the yard and, you know, whatever it may be, right? But as I, as I thought about that this week and the picturesque dream of the American home, I thought about how the intensity of this picture has really been ratcheted up in the past few years especially. Because social media is full of those whose lives and makeup are always perfect they always seem rested, and they're always doing way more than anyone else. And as we behold the pixels of our phone, and then we look up at our own homes and lives, we're tempted to be dissatisfied with what we see, right? Or perhaps worse yet, we don't even care to try because we think, well, we'll never achieve that level, and besides, it's all fake anyway. And, and look, I think we can all agree That what you're seeing is an extremely guarded, limited, and edited view of someone's life. We certainly can't take our cues on what it means to have a perfect home from some stranger on the internet who pushes out content 24-7. But I think we must also ask ourselves, when we look at that, what does it take to excel in life? 
And, and what does it take as a woman to excel in a world that puts so much pressure on them to fit into some mold? You know, where do you turn? You know where you turn? We turn where we've always turned. We turn to the Word of God. We turn to the one who made us and who has laid forth expectations on his creation. In God, we see the true picture of a woman who pleases him. And so what you have here in Proverbs 31, at the very end of the book of Proverbs, in these 22 verses, you have a Hebrew acrostic. Every one of these verses begins with the, with the, the next letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So if you know Hebrew, which I do not know Hebrew, um, and you went back and looked at it, you would, you would see that. Okay. So yes, today is Mother's Day. And so yes, the focus of our passage today is on the women in our midst and their lives here today. But men, I'm warning you, do not tune out, okay? Because I've asked all of your wives to ask you how it went later, okay? Because I want to remind you of something, men. As you turn to Proverbs 31, remember who Proverbs was written to. Proverbs was written by Solomon under inspiration of God to his son, to a young man who would take his place on the throne of Israel. And and as you get into Proverbs 31, the first part of here, the first nine verses of Proverbs 31 are written to a king we don't know anything about named King Lemuel by his mother. So again, it's written to a young man. And so there's some debate over whether the rest of this chapter is written by that same woman to her son or if it was written by the author of Proverbs to his son. Either way, understand that the first audience was to a young man. The words of instruction here were given to teach a young man how he was to live. And so as we unfold the picture of the excellent woman today, may God use it in all of our hearts to challenge us in our walk with him. And may we see that God's definition of womanly excellence is rooted in living for and in him and will result in a life that is worthy of praise. If you want to have a life, men, women, teenagers, If you want to have a life that's worth anything, it needs to be rooted in God. If you want to live a life that makes an impact, it starts with knowing God. And it's a life that continues to walk in fellowship with him and to live for him by his help and in his strength. And we see that exemplified here in this this acrostic, in this uh, very eloquent way of, of presenting in this portrait of this excellent woman. And what we see, beginning in verses 10 through 12, is we see that the writer talks about the character of an excellent woman when he writes, Who can find a virtuous wife for her worth is far above rubies? The heart of her husband safely trusts her so he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. So what is the character of an excellent woman? Well, first in verse 10, we learn that it is priceless. The worth of a woman who serves the Lord and lives in his likeness is far above anything else this world has to offer. The virtuous, that's the word that's used here in our translation, but I think a better word for that, a better said excellent wife, is a rare occurrence. By the way, it's just as rare to find an excellent man. It is character that comes from a relationship with God that is not found within oneself. So you and I, in our sin, we cannot be excellent. It has to come from what God does in us. 
Solomon, who wrote most of the book of Proverbs, has warned his reader again and again against foolish women. He's mentioned them several times throughout this book. He has warned against her immorality, her looseness, and her readiness to sin. And can we just agree on one statement? Fools are very easy to find in our world, right? And we don't use that term loosely. We use that term as, as, as pointedly and as strongly as the scripture does. It's not just a, ha ha, you're foolish. It's a very strong title. And they're very easy to find in the world that we live in. For anyone who lives apart from God is a fool. Psalms tells us that the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. One who is excellent, one who excels in all virtues above others is much, much harder to find. The question of the author here is meant to communicate this. He says, who can find one such as this? Who will be one like this? Who will be an excellent woman? Who will be a virtuous wife? I'll tell you who will be that. A follower of God. One who truly walks in the wisdom of God can be an excellent woman. Walking with God and living for him is the greatest character trait that one can ever possess. It is priceless, the author says. The world has countless expectations of where a woman's value is found. But God only has one. God's definition has always remained the same. Through the ages, the societal roles of women may change, but this fact remains the same, that a truly excellent woman will always be one who follows the Lord. And that will make her priceless. You and I are created in God's image. He wants us to live for his glory and with his help, you and I can do that. Every person ever created is priceless, is invaluable, and in Christ you can live out that with his help. God is the only one that can produce this in our lives. You and I cannot produce that in other people. And as the writer writes here, he writes of who can find a virtuous wife that would hasten me to, to, to remind us here. That you and I do not enter marriage thinking we're going to change someone else. Many have tried, let's be honest, most of us have tried and have failed, right? Why? Because God is the one who changes us. Now, if a marriage is pleasing to the Lord, is that going to result in people changing? Well, yeah, right? Because if we're following God, we're going to change. But many a spouse has spent countless hours griping to others how they wish the other would change when they themselves refuse to do the same. We need to look within and ask God to change us. Ask him how we may have hardened our own heart towards him. And as we look within and ask God to do that, then we look around and ask God how we have created an environment that may harden the heart of a husband or wife towards the change that God wants to bring about in their own lives. You and I cannot make someone else godly, and that is a relief to me. It's not my responsibility to make someone else godly. That's what God does. That's his work. Now, you and I, God can use us in that process, right? Or we can hinder that process of someone else's life by not living in a way that reflects his love. 
And what we see is that when a woman lives out godliness, there is nothing that can compare to this. He says her worth is far above rubies. And in this priceless character, the author goes on here to mention two specific things. First, he mentions in verse 11 that she is trustworthy. The character of an excellent, priceless wife is one who is completely trusted. You realize that the first building block for any relationship is trust. When trust is broken in a home, a home is truly broken. This does not mean that trust cannot be restored, right? But it takes time. You probably had the experience where you have had your trust that with someone, a relationship that you had, was your trust with them was broken, and it took time to restore that trust. Homes are built on trust, and trust is a two-way street. Husbands must live out the trust that their wives place in them, and wives must live out the trust that their husbands place in them. And in this proverb, the author says here that the excellent woman will have a husband who trusts her. And what the idea is that he can go and do whatever it is he must do and not worry about the responsibilities in her charge. He has no reservations about her management of the home is the picture behind this verse. That nothing will go missing, that everything will be well taken care of. And understand that trust is easily broken and extremely hard to gain back. And yet, of course, not every offense, we must understand, is not call for a loss of trust. Sometimes we say, well, we we use that, we throw that around, like, well, I don't trust you anymore, when we could have easily worked through these things. When wrongs are committed and are confessed and are made right, trust may remain intact. You know what brings about a loss of trust? Sin that is hidden and held back and defended until the very bitter end brings about a loss of trust. The excellent woman is a trustworthy woman. Why? Because her God is trustworthy. He can always be counted on. He is always the same. And if you are a follower of God, you can look back over your life and see the faithfulness and the trustworthiness of God again and again and again. Even in times when you did not know God, what God was doing, you can look back later and see that that is what my trustworthy God was doing in my life. He never fails. And so, too, his followers are called to live out this trustworthiness in the lives of others. In a world where we can count on nothing but sinful chaos, the light of the Christian home will shine. If you turn on the news or or open your internet browser and go to the the news site, all you will find over and over again is, is chaos. Because that is what sin brings. In a world like this, a home that's built on a husband and a wife who are following the Lord is going to shine like the brightest light on the darkest night. Because it's different. Because it reflects the light of the gospel. Because it reflects who God is. So what is, an excellent, what is the character of an excellent woman? She is trustworthy. Second, the author says in verse, three, or verse 13, very simply, I'm sorry, verse 12, I'll get it right here, that she is good. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. It may seem very straightforward, and really it is, because God is good. Therefore, his followers are called to be the same. 
As it was preached of Jesus, so it should be in his followers. In Acts 10.38, it was preached how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. When Jesus was here on this earth, he did go about doing the good work of God, showing the love of God to others. God has called us to model our own lives after him. The excellent woman does good to others, beginning, of course, in the home with her husband. One commentator said it this way, she shows her love for him by positive actions. You know what? That's not always easy, is it, ladies? You can say amen. It's okay. All right. It's not always easy for any of us, but it is true love. Because true biblical love is a choice and not a feeling. It is a choice to do right by someone when they do not deserve it. It is a choice to say hard things in love, knowing that they will be better for it. It is a choice to let love cover some things in life. It is a choice to respond with kindness and not to attack. It is a choice to follow the leader that God has placed in our lives. It is a choice to display the goodness of God with his help. True love that follows God is a choice. And the character of an excellent woman radiates the goodness of her God to others. It is her general tenor. It is her life's theme. And it will be plainly evident to all she has contact with. The character of an excellent woman must be one that's grounded in godliness. Because character is first and foremost. What we are within is what will manifest itself without. And that's what we see here. Secondly, in just a minute here, we'll see that, that character is never alone. See, what you are inside will eventually come out in what you say and what you do. And so the character of a, an excellent woman will always result then in the work of an excellent woman. And we read about this in verses 13 through 22. And we'll just take these a little bit of time here and see these things. We see, first of all, that the work of an excellent woman, that she is an active and a willing worker in verse 13. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. We see that this is an active lifestyle of this excellent woman, that she seeks out the materials that are needed to do her work. Now, before the Industrial Revolution, and this certainly falls well within that, right? This is back in, the, in the, what we would call maybe the Old Testament times, right? That these things, much that, much that was made, had to be made by hand. They didn't have machines to do these things. And so in order to provide clothing for her family... A woman would have to seek out the materials to make such garments. And we read here in verse 13 that this woman is doing so actively and willingly. That statement, the end of verse 13, and willingly works with her hands, communicates the idea of the fact that this woman enjoys her work. You know, some people in life just abhor work. In fact, you ever know anybody that worked really hard at not working? Yeah? But understand this, that God, from the very beginning, created mankind to work. We read that in Genesis. 
that God placed man in the garden to dress it and to keep it. We would really love to think that work came about because of the fall of man, that sin brought about work. No, that's not how it went, right? Now, work got harder because of that, but God has created us to work. And so God naturally gives fulfillment to those who meet this purpose. A woman may or may not work outside her home, but in either case, a godly, excellent woman can do so with willingness and enjoyment in God. You know, sometimes the humans we work for or with are not very pleasant. Whether it be the boss in the corner office or the cranky toddler sitting in the high chair, Sometimes the people we work with or work for are not very pleasant. But our real work isn't for the boss, isn't for the kids. Who is it for? It's for our God. And so, whatever work we may face, we can work willingly and joyfully and actively for Him. Activeness and willingness to work wherever we are is pleasing to the Lord. But not only is she an active and willing worker, she is a selfless provider. We read in verses 14 and 15 that she is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservants. We see here the selflessness of this excellent woman providing for her family. The author likens her to a merchant ship who brings things from afar To her home. What this pictures is it pictures the woman of that day providing her family by by going out into the marketplace and drawing on the resources there to bring these things home. Men, has your wife ever brought home something from Ikea? That is definitely from a foreign land, right? Part of the heart of a woman is often the ability to find what a family needs and securing it. Sometimes that takes a team effort. But God has gifted women with an uncanny ability to provide for those in their care and to do so at great personal cost. I've seen it illustrated over and over and over again in my home, but in in many homes that I have witnessed that, that God has just gifted women with that ability. He says here that she rises early to take care of those in her charge A wife and a mother has others she has promised to care for, and sometimes this means being awake when others are not. And the woman here provides not only for her family, but others who are part of her home. We see that in verse 15, she provided uh, not just for her family, but a portion for her maidservants. And if you read throughout Proverbs, you'll find a guy who is mentioned, the sluggard, the lazy man. This woman obviously shares no character traits with that man. She is instead one who is working hard. Laziness is not a virtue, and laziness is condemned in the Scripture. Why? Because laziness leads us to act against God's expectation of living for him and others. Laziness is a self-focus when we are to be living for the Lord. The the, the selflessness seen in the life of this woman is, again, an exaltation of the God she serves. But not only is she selfless, a selfless provider, then we read in verses 16 through 19 that she and her work is diligently satisfied. 
She considers a field and buys it. From her, from her prophet, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arm, arms. She perceives that mer- her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff and her hand holds the spindle. This woman we see here in these verses is working diligently and finding satisfaction in her work. Now, in the times that, that this was written, women really did not work outside the home. That was not the, the, the society that, that was going on at this time. But this does not mean that women did not work. Let no husband think that a stay-at-home mom is taking extended vacation, right? We see here a woman who is diligently industrious. In fact, she is making financial decisions for her home. We see that, that here in verse 16 that, that she buys property and she sets up outside agricultural business. She is not afraid of work in verse 17, but in strength goes after her work. She's not laying around on the couch, but actively engaged in the work of the home. And whether at home or in an outside workplace, the excellent woman is one who is engaged in whatever work is in front of her. We see this in the diligence in her work that she is, again, satisfied in what she does. It says here in the verse that she perceives that her merchandise is good. What she is doing is taking satisfaction in what she has done. She is planning ahead. Therefore, it says that her lamp does not go out. You know, success in our work, whatever that work that God has called us to do, takes careful forethought and planning. This woman does not delegate but reaches out to do what is needed in her home. She is seen yet again here producing yarn and cloth because there are many things in a home that a wife and a mother may undertake. And even if a woman works an outside job, the question becomes then, when does her work truly end? The moment you wake up or the moment you walk in the door, ladies, isn't there always more to do? Right? And that goes for both husband and wife. Because marriage and your family isn't a job that you punch in and out of. It's a team effort that you've committed to making your life's calling in ministry. You don't get to clock out on marriage, men and women. You don't get to clock out on parenting. You don't get to clock out on the ministry that we've committed our lives to. An excellent woman is diligent to do what God has called her to do. And in this, she can be satisfied in what she has done. If we obey God, he brings us true satisfaction in these things. And then we see in verses 20 and 21 that she is confident in her work. She extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. We see here that the excellent woman is confident in what she does, that she may help and not worry. What do you see there in verse 20? You see that she is first generous to others. And you know, being generous to others means that she is not in fear of taking away from her own family. Do you realize that the road to generosity is paved with wise decisions that are made within your own home? We often think, of generosity, if, if we threw that word out there and we took some definitions, probably a lot of times generosity would involve some sort of spontaneity, right? That we see a need and we go help and we meet that need. And it certainly 
does involve that many times. However, it is hard to be spontaneous in the moment when we have not taken care of the things that God has given us to take care of on a regular basis. The road to being generous is paid with these wise decisions over time. It means we must oversee our own family finances to free ourselves to generously give as needs arise in the lives of others that God would help have us to help meet. The excellent woman then is given towards generosity who are not strictly, to those who are not strictly her own. We see that there in verse 20. She gives to the needy, that she extends her hands to the poor. It's not just limited to those people in her house that she is helping. But then secondly, not only is she confident to be generous towards others, she is confident in her work in the face of hard times in her own family. The, the author here talks about she is not afraid of snow for her household, for her household is clothed with scarlet. She does not fear harsh weather, for she has clothed her family in that which will protect them. And this example here illustrates a preparedness that's found in this woman. The diligent efforts of this woman have given her peace of mind about whatever situation her family may face. When we work for the Lord and we do the things that he has called us to do, we can rest in him. If you and I have fully trusted the Lord and we have fully given our lives to following and doing the things he has called us to do, then we can rest confidently in him. But if we shirk the duties that God has called us to do, you and I have every right to live in fear and not in confidence in him. There is nothing wrong with confidence in a job well done when viewed from the heavenly perspective. The work of an excellent woman done for the Lord, it speaks for itself. She is active and willing She is a selfless provider. She is diligently satisfied and she is confident in what she does. And a life lived in excellence for God does not exist in a vacuum. But God has promised honor and he has promised blessing and he has even promised reward to those who honor and obey him. And we see this in the last thing today in the fruit of an excellent woman in verses 22 through 31. And the first thing that we see that that is the fruit of an excellent woman is that there is a proven excellence in her family. A proven excellence in her family. In verses 22 and 23, she makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. The excellence of this woman is proven out in her home and in her family. Now, what we read here, and what we, what, if you haven't figured out by now, you get to verse 22, this is one busy lady in this proverb. She is constantly taking care of things at home and the lives of others, but busyness does not equal ineloquence. Within her home, we find that she makes tapestries for the beds and fine linen for her clothing, and not just any clothing, but this is listed as purple clothing. And and in the the times this was written, this was a sign of wealth, as it was very hard to extract this dye from the shellfish that it came from. What we see is her hard work and her faithfulness are rewarded by the Lord. And she does not neglect the finer things in life just because she works tirelessly. I think if I could sum it up, with this statement here, this woman is the perfect picture of eloquent, eloquent, I can't even say it, elegance and elbow grease. Her husband is also proof of this. 
We read in verse 23 there that, that he, we see how he holds a high position in the city as he is conducting business at the gates. This woman is an industrious lady. We've seen the things that she has done, yet her industry does not usurp her husband, but rather enables and complements his own work. Men, your wife is not a drag. She is the greatest gift that God has ever given you. There should have been more amens. We'll try it again. Men, your wife is the greatest gift that God has ever given you. I was a little better. So what do we do, men? Lift her up. Lead her closer to the Lord. I'm going to tell you, you'll be amazed at what God will do in your life as you lead that woman closer to God. Ladies, your role is not diminished by being submissive to your husband as God calls. You can lift him up before others by your actions and your heart attitudes. Many a man has accomplished more than he thought possible for the Lord because of a godly wife. And many a man has also been disqualified from true spiritual impact and significance because of the actions of an ungodly wife. God designed marriage to be two equal, yet different people complementing each other's roles perfectly for him. The excellent woman will see her excellence proven out in the life of her family. Secondly, we see that there is a proven excellence, not just in her family, but a proven excellence in her activities. Verse 24, she makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. We see that there is a vindication for the activities of this lady here. The things that she has produced pay dividends as she sells them to the merchants. She is then part of the provision for her home. Now, this does not mean that every woman has to produce some type of income. But there is certainly nothing wrong with honest work. And it is certainly true that, an in, that in-home work is just as valuable to a family as one who may work outside the home. A wife may stay in the home to raise and provide instruction for children, thus financially even benefiting the family in that regard. And let me just tell you, ladies, if that's something that God has, has given you the opportunity to do, the discipleship ramifications of that are astronomical. That every day you have the opportunity to minister to that family that if God has blessed you in that way. Now, of course, this is not always possible. But if you have that opportunity, I would encourage you to do not squander it, wishing the days away with some idea that when these kids are older, I'll just be free. That is your mission field. And you don't even have to leave your house. Right? And some of us, you know, we have very young children. We think, yeah, trust me, a lot of pagans running around our house right now. Right? We are ministering to the tribal people. (laughs) But whatever work an excellent woman engages in, her excellence in working for the Lord is borne out in her activities for him. It's vindicated. It's seen. And an excellent woman who proves her excellence in the things of God is worthy of praise. And we close with this last section of verses here. We see that there is a proven excellence in her praise. 
Verses 25 through 31. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. These verses give praise and honor to this excellent woman, that she is one full of excellent godly character, and one who engages in excellent godly work. And God is a rewarder of those who obey him, and he gives praise to a woman of this caliber. She is clothed with strength and honor. This woman is no weakling. She is strong in the Lord. She has no fear of what lies ahead, for she diligently serves her God. That that is a most amazing phrase here where it says she shall rejoice in time to come. Literally, that translates, she laughs at the time to come. It means she does not fear the future. There are a lot of things that are constantly changing in our world. But if we trust and follow God, we need not fear what lies ahead. We can trust and rest in him. The future, though it's ever unpredictable, the faithfulness to our God fulfills us, fills us with confidence in him to face what, we've, what, what lies ahead in our lives. So there's not only praise here for, for, for what she's done or, or, or what she is, but also who she is, that she is wise and she is kind. Far greater than any scholastic subject are the lessons that she gives to her children on wisdom and kindness every day. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She is a woman after God's own heart, impacting others for his glory. You know, one of the greatest privileges that you and I can ever enjoy is the opportunity to instruct others in the things of God. Third, God calls her the overseer of her household. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. She is not idle and is directly involved in the goings-on within the home. The home God has given her is her charge from him. And we serve God best when we are faithful to the calling that he has laid upon our lives. Fourth, Praise from this woman comes from those who are in her life. Her children and her husband rise up and call her blessed. They praise the excellent woman. A woman who is obedient to God and faithful to her calling is worthy of honor and praise. And that's not just one day a year. You realize in ancient Israel there was no Mother's Day. This wasn't written so it could be read once a year. Every day should be Mother's Day if you've been blessed in this way. So husbands, may we show genuine heartfelt appreciation for the gift of a godly wife. Children, may we show heartfelt praise and appreciation for a mother who's invested in our life. The followers of God should exalt those who exemplify him. There are lots of great women in the world But the one who follows the Lord is above them all. 
And lastly, the excellent woman is worthy of praise far above any external standards. Physical charm and physical beauty are certainly a gift that God gives to women. But we understand they're only temporary. One day these things will fade with age, but a godly character does not fade. Do you want to know the secret to aging gracefully? Now listen, I know that for $39.95 you can get these secrets somewhere else. No, the secret to aging gracefully is cultivating a godly heart. A woman who fears God, living in awe and reverence of him and serving him wholly, is worthy of all praise and honor. Her work for the Lord will praise her before others. You know what it is? That the testimony of a faithful, excellent woman is enough. That is the type of woman that God praises. This is the type of servant that he uses in tremendous ways for his kingdom. God's definition of womanly excellence is rooted in living for and in him and will result in a life worthy of praise. The life of a wife and a mother. Listen, in our culture, the life of a woman is just incredibly demanding. Is it not? There are so many demands for your time everywhere you turn and your attention. But amidst it all, even though it is easy to give up or to adjust your view and take care of the temporary and nothing else, God is calling us, God is calling ladies, he's calling you to to find true fulfillment in him. If you want to see that true fulfillment in your calling as a woman, as a wife, as a mother, and any other role that God may call you to, you have to make serving God your first and foremost priority. And if you will serve him above all else, you will be able to live as an excellent woman. And the only way to live this way is to know the Lord. And I don't know where you are today. Maybe you you sit here today and you say, well, that's all well and great, but what does that even mean? Where does that even start? You know where it starts? It starts with a relationship with God. It starts with a realization that God is holy and just, and because he is holy and just and cannot tolerate our sin and cannot overlook our sin, we stand before him in need of judgment for our sin. But God is loving and he is gracious And he has sent his son, Jesus Christ. He has reached down to us to give us a way back to him, to redeem us from our sin. And may I just implore, invite you to this, that if you do not know what it means to have a relationship with God, you can leave here today knowing what that means and knowing for sure that you'll spend eternity with him. And beyond that, knowing that you can live out what we've talked about here, not because of your own strength, but because of who he is. Many of the things praised in this passage are very practical, right? You know why? Because life lived for God has practical ramifications. Godly character works out in our everyday lives, and through God's help, you can cultivate practices that please Him every day. Men, if God has blessed you with such a godly wife, mother or mother of your own children 
lead the charge. Rise up and give her the godly praise that she is due. You can honor the Lord by expressing to her what she has done for you and for your family. Young men and women who are here today, hear the words of God today. As you prepare your hearts and your lives for the future, this is a charge to you. Young ladies, this is the kind of woman God longs for you to be as you serve him. Young men, there are many factors you may use in evaluating your possible life's mate. But once again, the word of God is the source of all of these things. The excellent woman described here is the woman who will complete you and will push you closer to God. We are thankful for the godly women that God has placed in our lives. So, so let us honor them today with words and with actions and make it a pattern to do so regularly. God's grace is evident every day in the life of a woman like this. Of what he has made her to be and how she expresses that grace and love to others. So let us go forth today seeking to live in a way that would lift him up, would honor him, and would please him in all we do. Lord, we thank you again for your word and for its power to transform our lives. We thank you for not leaving us here wondering What is the standard? What is the expectation? But you have very plainly and very openly given that to us. And Lord, we ask that you would help us to be consumed with living a godly life. God, we are so thankful for the godly women that you have used in our lives. I would hasten to say that anyone who is walking with the Lord today, who is is here, who who has a relationship with you, probably many of us have been impacted by some one or two, if not many, godly women along the path that you have used in our lives. Lord, would you challenge us to express true and genuine love and thanks to those that you have used in our lives today. And God, I pray that if there is one here who is wrestling with a relationship with you, that you would give them the courage to seek someone out, to speak about these things, that they would walk out of here today with peace in their heart, that it would be settled, they would know who you are, and they would know that they belong to you. We ask that you would help us to honor you and glorify you the rest of this day. In your name we pray, amen.